What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Stand-Up here on this gorgeous Monday, August 7th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the prayer of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how you doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We're going to have a fantastic week. We had a fantastic week. We had a great weekend. Um, Not much really happened this week. We're in the midst of all these energy earnings, but Stu still, as always, finds a way to load up the menu. First up on the docket, text messages given to the FBI. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Chinese wanted Biden family to name to help acquire U.S. energy assets. This is a little Stu edition in a word, quote, despicable. So Stu, will dive into the latest Hunter Biden entanglement. You knew we couldn't pass one. We couldn't pass up an opportunity to take a shot at Hunter Biden. Next up, California and New York could miss their uh, 2030 climate targets and still bankrupt the energy sector. Absolutely unbelievable. Stu, will dive into what's going on in our two favorite states. Next up, Russian economy projected to grow despite Western sanctions. In the words of Sue, sanctions don't work. So he'll cover um, what's going on um, in the latest in the war in Ukraine. Next up, California high court says country can't enforce oil well ban a state debates future of fossil fuels we'll have to make sure we show the picture when we get to that segment Stu. it's a pretty great image of an oil well just in the middle of a community space but Stu, again we'll look back on what's going on into quite possibly our favorite state and favorite government leadership there in california he'll toss it over to me i'll quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets really what we've got today is is, is oil prices back above 82 last time we chatted they were they were down at 79 so good to see them rise up i'll kind of cover Stu and I will break into what, what maybe that forecast looked like. Natural gas still hanging out $2.57, but we will then quickly cover some earnings, EOG, ConocoPhillips. So we've got two big dogs dropping. There's some other smaller ones out there, but I think it's important to cover what the big guys are doing is they're really setting those long-term trends. And then we'll uh, riff on what you should be scared about for the week and let you get on out of here and start your week. Um, but before all of that, guys, as always, the stories we're about to cover are courtesy of the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all of your energy news. Stu does a great job of curating that website. Make sure it stays up to speed with all of your energy um, and oil and gas news dashboard energy newsbeat.com the best place for all of your data and news combo hard at work at v2 hit us up questions at energy newsbeat.com if you'd like to sponsor the show email us questions at energy newsbeat.com or fill out the description below we'd love to um, have you a part of the show i mean it's pretty incredible some of the things we're doing so again questions at energy newsbeat.com look at the description below for everything you need to stay in contact with the show all right. Are we starting with Hunter Biden, Stu? Is that where we Gats have to, to begin? Gats to. This is so despicable. Okay, here we go. Text messages given to the FBI. Chinese wanted Biden family to help acquire U.S. energy assets in a word despicable. Now, this also was he was going to help get European and assets in the EU. So this is not just uh, relegated to the U.S. This is a worldwide uh, issue. I want to know how long the FBI sat on this. Uh, that to me. Okay. Is- well, let, 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 give me what happened here because I haven't okay. read this. Give me, give me an update. What actually, what they, what they discovered? In, these text in, messages, I guess. 
Oh, yes. Uh, and it was business dealings where uh, on uh, there's also a tweet that I embedded in here from Fox News going through it in March of 2016. Walker emailed a Hunter Biden and it said to Joe, you want to sign it? Do you want to go ahead and go through it and then go through the deals? Let's go through it. There will be a deal between one of the most prominent families from the U.S. and China constructed by me. Hunter Biden's business partner, James Gilliar, texted future partner Tony Bobolowski on Christmas Eve 2015, shortly after Hunter Biden had been alerted to the CEFC China Energies Overture and its wealthy leader, e, uh, Yamalang Ying. I, boy, I butchered that name. Good, and so, good thing the great good thing we're not airing in China. Oh no, stats. So we're remember, good. Remember a couple of years ago when the Chinese reached out to us because we knew all the things on those uh, tanker embargoes and everything else. We were they were want to interview us. Okay, now we can't get past the gray filter. Long live the CCP. Right, you gotta love them. But anyway, I've we've got a PDF in here from uh, Bobolonsky. We have a dinner with a retracted uh, PDF from that dinner. Um, and, and then we have uh, Hunter Biden's quotes in here. All this is not some random guy on Substack. By the summer of 2017, Hunter had met directly with Yi in Miami and sent a letter consummating plans to raise up $500 million to purchase assets in target country, the EU, Europe, England. I mean, he's helping China rule the world. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's very clear. And this is, I put everything in this article that I could find everywhere else from Fox News and all the other sources. I used no random dude on Substack for good, your good, benefit. Good, 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 good. Because here's the deal. There's clearly some nefarious stuff going on with Hunter Biden. I don't want to weigh in on that. All I want to know is, the Chinese only do things that are in China's best interest. That they is do not, And they are one of the best countries in the world at looking at the second, third, fourth order effects and thinking long yep. term. They were ahead on the minerals 15 years ago before anybody cared about it. They were first to energy security along with that minerals years before everyone saw that there was this energy crisis. Now, right. say what you want. Obviously, we're no fans of the CCP over here. OK, I don't think I'm not getting ready to move to Beijing anytime soon. Don't give me, you know, no. I'm not showing up to Foxconn in a couple of weeks and going to go. But but. But they do look out for themselves, which is something that we could do a better job of here. Clearly, there's some various stuff going on here with Hunter Biden. I mean, it's it's obvious. Second order of magnitude. And I yes. love the way you phrase that. The other article that is goes with that, that we ran on this, Biden Energy Secretary called the Chinese official before U.S. tapped oil reserves. You and I have SPR magnitude of yep. unbelievable. It is, uh, I think, 50 percent down, whatever the number It's 40 to 60, somewhere in there. They've taken it down to the lowest uh, volume in 40 years. 
they sold it and the average price was $25 out of the SPR. And Granholm called China National Energy Administration Chairman Zhang uh, Huanda for a half an hour conversation on November 21. Uh, November schedules obtained by the watchdog group Americans for Public Trust. Two days later, she announced more uh, releases from the SPR. And then it came out that the only reason that they did the SPR releases was for the midterms. You gotta be kidding me. We are now, if China goes to war and goes into Taiwan, Taiwan we're, we're uh, Scooby-Doo would be like, we have nothing in reserve for our military. And and then they said last week, last week, Michael, they said that they can't buy anything back in. Three months ago, I said that they could not buy anything else because they have no money. They spent the profit. Nope. They spent the profit. They sold it. Uh, they had it in there at 25. They took the profits and they sold it from around $65 to $75, about $10 below market price to the Chinese. Yeah. No, it's criminal that the Chinese got our SPR. It's 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 almost as criminal as what California and New York are doing, our two favorite states. What's this next one about? Uh, let's go to California and New York. The hell know. of a transition. Oh, yeah, we're, it, it is. It's a nice, smooth one. And uh, <laughs> I, I love the way you did that. And, and we were done with that article for now. So uh, California, I have no idea why this just happened. Let me get back to it. California and New York could miss their 2030 climates and still bankrupt the energy sector. This is really important from the standpoint that emissions and net zero are going to happen because of, Michael, natural gas. Yep. It's the only re the EIA, my beloved government, has already said that California and New York, two national leaders in the effort to curb global warming, could miss key 2030 climates, according to the state officials. It's a sign that even the states most aggressively pursuing the plans to reduce carbon emissions and ramp up clean energy development are struggling to meet tough demands. You know why? Why? It doesn't work. I, <laughs> I, I I'm serious. I I have been uh, pleading for folks and uh, Margaret uh, and and her husband George. I asked for folks to give me stats on wind farms and solar farms, and George has uh, absolutely uh, stepped up and gave me some really good numbers on the profitability of wind farms. And I'm going to go through it with him because we don't want to release anything without his permission. I'm only, Michael, you've heard me say this. I've only found eight years uh, that the wind farm is profitable due to tax subsidies. This number in here, California officials increased that emissions a reduction target, though not legally to 48% last year. New York also mandates that 70% of its electricity come from renewable sources by that year, with California requiring 60%. Michael, Texas passed California. Energy per kilowatt hour in Texas is one half of California. Do you know why? Why? We use all forms of energy in Texas. I am proud of Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love me some Texas. 
Oh, it's I, true. I mean, to think about Texas has like 30% of its energy come from wind and solar. It's because we use all forms of energy and California imports 70% from Ecuador uh, on the rainforest from China. There's some energy hypocrisy. There was another article that came up uh, that Ecuador is finally fighting back. They're finally getting some uh, bows and arrows to stand up to the CCP. So it's pretty interesting. Now, California is going to squeak. But anyway, I thought that was... You read into this article, which is by this Sacramento Bee, and it seems to all come down to this debate between the cap and trade program. It, you know, you have on one side, you have the economists who all stand beside saying, hey, you know, this is this is the program that we need to embrace. We need to embrace one level of emissions, hand out permits accordingly and allow the free market to trade them. You have the environmental justice crew talking about, well, that number's too high. Well, we don't need to tr- we, we don't need to encourage pollution. We do encourage no pollution. And every policy that we create should be designed towards curbing pollution, not necessarily allowing this shift in pollution. You know, they argue that you know the argument against cap and trade is that co- one companies will learn how to game the system. That's true. When there's ever a market, people attempt to game the system. And two, the most vulnerable communities are going to end up still having the pollution because you know, the more expensive and wealthy communities are going to be able to afford to buy and 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 force and companies with permits are going to move continue to flock to those places where more permits are able. So I I see the arguments there. The problem is what the environmental, what the airboard is pointing out is that we're not going to be able to get there at the current technology rate. There has to be a huge increase in technology and a huge increase in the amount of permits being approved. That's the other thing that the environmental justice community is solely against permitting reform, which is I'm all for permitting reform. Let oil and gas go quicker. Let wind go quicker. I don't care because when you have competition in a free market, the best and most least expensive product wins. And as we always say, it's all about the lowest kilowatt per hour. Who cares where it comes from? I don't care. And and the least impact on the environment and the least impact on whales and eagles. I know that you throw up every time I say that, but uh, you know the the other part of this is I'm visiting with Larry Glover from the Glover Group, and he is talking about uh, energy inequity and diversity. And you nailed it that the poorer communities are getting it in the drive-through, and that wipes me out. It's the it's the one downside. Even as someone who would prefer a cap and trade, how do you set rules? Right. That- fairly monitor it's like the SEC people don't believe that the SEC fairly monitors the stock market they try they do a good job do they do a great job no they don't so it'd be the same well, issue with cap and trade well uh the other thing is when you sit back and take a look at uh where all this is going the permitting reform you mentioned is critical 8000 renewable projects before 2020 were being held up by permitting now we're at 8 15,000 to 20,000 wind farms, solar farms from being connected to the grid. They're sitting there going, well, I guess we're going to kill a few whales and uh, uh, eagles until we get connected to the grid. I don't know. So I'm down with the whales. Let's stay in California, Sue. It looks like they're doing something with with oil (laughs) well ban. Yeah, it just uh, Chevron. Let me get over to that story here. Chevron uh, has been fighting this one, Michael, for seven 
years. Chevron is pleased, pleased that this decision brings an end to seven years of litigation and appeals, said Jeffrey Denser, a lawyer for representing Chevron in a, a statement. In 2022, Central Coast Monterey County was the third largest oil producer in the state, producing 5.1 million barrels annually, according to the state's Department of Conservation. That's compared to 88 million produced in Kern County, which we know a lot of the folks over there in Kern County, uh, Central Valley, and slightly behind Los Angeles County. And so to be clear, this was in response to passing ballot measure or initiative Z, which set to basically a voter approved ban on new oil and gas wells, which basically so now basically they've returned it back to the state and counties. It's the same thing that happened in Colorado. Boulder County sued for the ability to say, yay, we don't want oil and gas in our county. The state stepped in and said, "Eh, no, 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 no. Like the Dikembe Mutombo. No, 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 no. (laughs) But the important thing is no, 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 no. Um, that was almost like my mom, wait, you know, you will not stay out past midnight. So uh, the the rules that Colorado put in, you and I are very well aware. And those rules translated over into all forms of energy. So this could impact the other 17 states that follow. Anyway, I thought it was pretty interesting. OK, let's go to uh, Russia. Uh, I love me some Russia stories. A, sanctions don't work. Want to give a shout out to Irina Slav. They don't work. Uh, Russia's economy projected to grow despite Western sanctions. Michael, who gets it hurt the most with sanctions? Uh, The drive, I mean, the consumer. The consumer, they get it in the drive-thru. The International Monetary Fund has said it expects the Russian economy to grow by 1.5% this year despite U.S.-led sanctions and campaign against the country, which President Biden once vowed would turn the ruble to rubble. He has no idea. In the article, he even talks about Iran. Uh, For example, Iranian oil sales in 2022 exceeded those of 2016 before the U.S. withdrew from the nuclear deal in 2018 and reimposed the sanctions on the country. Iran, we've talked about this. Iran figured out how to get around sanctions. And then Putin went, hey, not a bad idea. He notched that game up. And so the only reason that this GDP is at 1.5% is because he's selling everything he can to India and China about $55 a barrel. So he's selling it less than, uh, and that's because what the market will bear in order for him to sell at rubles and long. Petrol dollar goes by, man, it's... It's, he's taking a, a bit of a haircut on selling on the one. He wants to sell on the rubles. Yeah, because they've got that peg to the gold, right? They've still got that peg to gold right now. Uh, yes. And it's going to go. Uh, China has bought more gold than the world combined in the last several years. And gold only goes up, I believe, one or two percent per year is why it's a great standard that's coming back in fashion. Nope, okay. I'm with you. Not everybody wants to pay for net zero. Michael, uh, there is now people are going around the world saying uh, they're protesting wind farms. They're protesting 
solar farms. And part of it is they're tired of uh, the U.S. dumping their solar waste on them. Everyone likes nice sounding policies. Not everyone wants to pay for them. We're beginning to see that this holds true for the UK strategy to reach net zero as much for any other policy. Focal data survey shows, for example, 40% of the people say they would not accept any increase to my cost of living. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Same as uh, roughly the same number of those that would not pay more to reduce crime or improve education. People are stretched around the world. People are stretched thin because of the energy increase around the world. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it all comes down to the fact that Russia, they knew, you know, they were able to set this up and they were able to, they thought two moves ahead. We didn't. That's all it comes down to because they had you, they had you running the, they had you pulling the strings. Yep. Uh, here. Uh, yeah. Hey, the only you thing that I, it, folks. Yeah. The, the only thing I got going for me is my really lousy Putin imitation. Hey, 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 hey. Cross between the, the Sopranos. Chris Cuomo and uh, yeah, the Sopranos. Hey. hey, Fonzie and the Sopranos turns into Putin. Nice. Okay. So rock on. Here's the, where it gets really interesting in, in the UK. That survey also showed that 30% of the people in the UK think that the threat of climate change is over-exaggerated. Wow. There is a world awakening saying, hey, wait a minute, old thump face, oh, old, uh, uh, oh, what's his face that has a skin as tight as a drum and you can thump a quarter on it? Oh, Carrie. Uh, Carrie, uh, <laughs> you know, you go up and thump a quarter on Carrie and it'll bounce off like a drum. <laughs> he is made more money by the climate fear. None of the climate fear has gone on, has been accurate. Yep. So people are tired of it. Hey, I'm all about the environment. Let's protect the environment and they can't talk about it. So anyway, uh, I'm pretty well done. I'm exhausted flying around the world, dude. Yeah, no, we'll we'll land back in the U.S. Cover what's going on with oil prices, guys. We're up to eighty two sixty four here as we record this mid afternoon here on Sunday, um, August sixth. Markets expect to open up somewhere about eighty eight, eighty two, eighty two. Excuse me. So we'll see about a twenty percent pop. I mean, really, when all of the stuff we've been talking about, what we see is a supply shortage. What we see is global economies sort of slowing down a little bit to the point, or or speeding up to the point where demand has continued to roar back. We're now in what is sort of a fundamentals coming back to power a little bit. There's still that tug, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, what do I call it? the dichotomy between what we saw happen on Wednesday, where EIA came out and dropped a 17 million barrel draw. Yet we saw price, yet we saw prices fall through the ground from about 82 to 79. We've seen them rise back to 82 again off that supply demand sentiment. So I think as we look at what we see this week coming up, Stu, I see a shift back, hopefully to fundamentals. And I think that's where in the next three to six months, I, I, I see oil prices as they continue to rise. It's a back to fundamentals away from really that algorithmic trading that we've saw sort of really hamper prices right now. But I caveat that by saying, you know, who knows where the sentiment lies, but I feel like the price action we've seen lately really, really points to a bringing back and a focus on fundamentals, where I think in the last three months, it's been much more of an extraneous. The fundamentals haven't necessarily mattered as much. Uh, before you go on, 
um, Saudi and Russia with OPEC and OPEC plus are, are really talking about in this next one, continuing reductions. How oh, do yeah. you feel that's going to play in? Yeah. I mean, MBS came out and said, they'll cut, they'll keep cutting yep. as long as they need. And that's going to keep supporting prices, which is only going to help oil and gas companies specifically in the United States as we move forward. I want to touch on two quick earnings before we okay. go ahead and get out of here. The first one is EOG, probably one of the largest independent players out there. They had a pretty great quarter relative to their realized pricing being done about 440. Their realized pricing down 40%, still earning 1.5 billion of adjusted net income to give you guys an idea. In quarter three of 2022, where we saw oil prices around $100, $7.5 billion of total revenue. Quarter two, 2023, still 5.5 it's only a $2 billion drop off about a 40% drop in oil prices. So that gives you guys an idea of the strength of that balance sheet right there. GNA costs drop a little bit to kind of give you some highlights here. One billion of straight free cash flow. Quarter uh, quarterly dividend was declared at about 82 cents. They did about a 300 million share repurchase program. All of their production was above their guidance midpoints. Um, CapEx expenditures were all also below midpoint guidance. So production up. CapEx expenditures down. That's how you go ahead and maintain a nice adjusted earnings balance. I just like to look at EOG because they're probably one of the best managed companies out there. Uh, extremely cutthroat, um, but they do a lot of things to support their balance sheet. Um, 12% uh, debt reduction that leads to about a 40% debt reduction year over nice. year. Gotta love that. And and uh, I'm just trying to scroll through here um, and see what else is there. You're also seeing, um, to give you guys an idea, you know, per uh, well cost decreased, mainly blue. And I always find this interesting. They, they, they mentioned well cost decreased primarily due to decreased workover and fuel-related expenses. Well, obviously, fuel-related expenses with, with the price of oil and gas tumbling, you're going to save a little bit of money on diesel. Um, and second, workovers. Interesting. What does that mean? Workovers are getting cheaper or are they just not doing workovers? Interesting. I'd be, man, maybe they're in a mode of selling off. Well, I mean, what happens, dude? There's, for, for a workover, you either plug a well, add it to your plugging liability, you temporarily right. abandon it, you work right. it over to bring it back for production, or you sell it. And maybe they're in a process, and we do know that EOG is in a process of, and everybody is trimming the fat. So that's just a shift of the PA liability to somebody else. Think about it. You have to have wells. What? Uh, Texaco has announced that they're going to go back in and do a lot more of increasing production in the Permian. And I'm not sure how that does with EOG, but they Texaco. are. Huh? Texaco. Um, Exxon. Okay. I was about to say Texaco. Um, 1996, Stu? Yeah. Well, you know, hey, I, I, I'm I a time traveler. You, you, you old vet. Oh, nice. My young millennial. <laughs> Just kidding. But so I, I say, I, I, I think we say all that to say very interesting to see them specifically yes. point out decreased work over cost, what that means, who knows. Um, again, I think the other company that's interesting to follow on on earnings, ConocoPhillips, um, they deliver record per, uh, lower 48 production, 1.8 million BOE per day. Woo, woo, woo. Um, they go ahead and uh, complete their equity acquisition in the Qatar's Northfield LNG facility, signed a 20-year offtake agreement um, over there off the West Coast of Mexico for about 2.2 million tons annually, subject to the Mexico Pacific reaching some sort of a final investment decision. 3.9 billion cash generated by operating activities. Distributed about 2.7 to shareholders, including 1.4 billion um, through an ordinary dividend, um, and also a variable cash dividend of 1.3 and some share repurchases. Um, one point or 7.1 billion cash on hand. I mean, again, 
primary oil, you know, as ConocoPhillips probably being one of the strongest lower 48 onshore producers after that acquisition of Concho, continue to just trug along, you know, and again, as you pointed out, Stu, what I get from this earnings report is really our value, the value that ConocoPhillips is seeing is value within their own assets. You're seeing very little M&A action from them and you're seeing exactly what they talk about. They specifically mentioned, um, you know, again, they mentioned lower BOE pricing, 57.63 was their average during this period, um, 30% lower than the 82.70. They saw the first six months of 2022, but they did see production increase of 78 million BOE year over year. Again, that's not necessarily from acquisitions. That's from a combination of capital expenditures, both on new drilling, new drilling, but also what you would call those rework opportunities. Um, I mean, I think that's the theme as we sort of wind down oil and gas earnings, Stu, really the theme has been lower CapEx, increased right. production. How do you do that? Reworks, Product, yeah. There's a lot of things in there, but but companies are 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 you the M and A has been a little bit dry up until this point. Yet everybody's increasing production. How? Well, they're they're spending money on themselves, and I think you know it's one of the reasons Harold Ham got back into specifically owning and and taking Continental Private. One, he loves that he he wants to be able to go on Fox News and say whatever he wants. But number two, he wants to be able to drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. So, um, love to see it. Also has downstream. This also affected downstream. They were, they missed their mark. Uh, this earnings call as well too. So it's not just upstream. It's not just upstream. So, all right, Stu, that's all I have. What should people be scared about this week? Um, uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, Harold scheduled. Uh, I've also got several others uh, that are out there that are being scheduled and getting released. We got some nice guests coming around the corner, dude. You get Harold Ham on the podcast, too. I'll be impressed. Uh, I'm working on talking to a scheduler. Talk, talking to the people who talk to some other people. Yeah, my, my people are talking to their people. Ah, well, let them know when my people need to get involved to close the deal. Um, all right, guys. Um, well, we appreciate you sticking with us. Have a great week, guys. We know it's Monday. You probably got a lot of meetings coming up. Stay strong. You know, we, we know how you feel. Hopefully this, this gives you a little bit of life throughout the day. We appreciate you checking us out guys, but we'll let you get out of here. Stuart Trolley. I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.